Good evening, good afternoon, my brothers and sisters. This is Pastor D. Washington coming to you live from out of Atlanta, Georgia. We want to welcome you back to the Promise of Our Father podcast. We was featured on the last episode of the podcast, The Testimony of God, and we want to continue in that manner, and we want to continue in teaching on the testimony of God. But we want to come from out of John 12, 49 through 50. John chapter 12, verse 49 through scriptures. My brothers, my prayers is that as we are teaching these scriptures and teaching these episodes, we pray that you are following along with your Bible, with your word, however you do it on your iPad, on your computer, on your phone. But it's very important that you follow the scriptures through reading the word through as we go so that you can have a better understanding because Christ is our teacher and we are all taught by God. And I think one of the biggest problems in the churches that we are having today is that people are being taught and preached at. And, 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 and it might be some very good teaching, and I'm not against that, but I'm against when you allow someone to teach you something and you don't reference what is being taught and go back to the scriptures to see what God is speaking through the teaching of Christ. Amen. So I pray that you got your scriptures and your Bible with you and to follow along because we're going to use various scriptures as we continue to teach through the podcast of the promise of our Father. Because we are rightly dividing the word of truth and God wants us to understand his word being true through what he spoke as his promise. Amen. Without further ado, let's go to John chapter 12. John 12 and we're going to start at verse 49. For I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me gave me a commandment on what I should teach, what I should say, and what I should speak. And I know that God commanded is everlasting life. Let me read that again. And I know that God's commandment is everlasting life. Amen? And I know that God's commandment is everlasting life. The last time we spoke on was the testimony of God. This time I want to speak on God commanded Christ to teach eternal life. God commanded Christ to teach eternal life. It is amazing that God has done so many things in his teaching and in his speaking through the word and through the Bible. If you read the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, you would find a connection between the scriptures when it started in the beginning and when it ended in Revelations. In between all that, you would find out the scriptures ties in two with God promised. Amen. So I just want to speak briefly with you, my brothers and sisters, and I pray that that you are out uh, listening to this. You you who are listening to this, uh, that the, what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to the church, because God is going to be speaking to the church today. Did you know that Christ's last prayer in John seventeen had to do with eternal life before He went to the cross? Let's go to John 17, chapter 1, uh, John 17, verses 1 through 4. Christ spoke these words, lifted up his eyes to heaven, and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son also may glorify you, as you have given him authority over all flesh, that he, that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. My God, 
man, look how awesome the Word of God is. The last prayer that Christ prayed to his disciples, uh, it was to the Father. Excuse me, the last prayer, the last prayer that Christ prayed to the Father was pertaining to eternal life, which is the testimony and the promises of God towards us, who has the knowledge, towards them who has the knowledge of God in Christ. Christ teaches us what eternal life is and how eternal life is given. When he say that we have, that we may know the only true God and Christ in whom he sent, ties into 1 John chapter 5, verse 20. In 1 John chapter 5, chapter 5, verse 20 says, And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us an understanding that we may know him who is true, and we are in him who is true in his Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. So eternal life is all through the scriptures. And my brothers, I don't understand why we're not being taught that in the messages that we are hearing in the churches today. And when they do speak on eternal life, they're pertaining it to uh, something you receive after you die. And we give the definition in the, few, in, the, in the last couple of episodes, the definition of eternal life is the continual or the continuation of something or everlasting or no ending huh? or no beginning or end. And the definition of death is the decease or the, the killing of someone or the prosecution of someone or the death of someone who died. So if that's the case, why are we continue reading through the Spiritual Cuts Ministry, through the Promise of Our Father podcast, we are finding out that that is not true what we've been taught if we're going to receive eternal life from God. So I just want to make it clear today, my brothers and sisters, I didn't come here up against anybody. I just come here teaching the Word of God. In the book of Isaiah 28, as we spoke before, it says, whom will, whom will God teach knowledge? And whom will he make to understand the message? Precept upon precept and line upon line, here a little and there a little. So if you see me going through these scriptures, they are actually tying into what the message is all about. Because God wants us to know these things through understanding what the scriptures is saying to what he's been pertaining, what he has given us, I can say, what he has given us since the beginning of time. So if we understand this, let's look at 1 Corinthians 15, 34. It says, Awake to righteousness and do not sin. For some of you Christians and believers do not have the knowledge of God. And I speak this to your, to your shame. This scripture is insinuating that many Christians and believers has fallen asleep or still in a deep sleep when it comes down to having righteousness or having the righteousness of God. Let's find out what the righteousness of God is. Because scriptures teaches us this is what we should seek for first. In Matthew 6.33, but now... But now here in 1 Corinthians, and we're going to find this out in Matthew 6.33, but now here in 1 Corinthians 15.34 says that people are Christians and believers has fallen asleep to righteousness. 
Let's make it clear. If the scriptures is telling you to awake to something, it apparently saying you have fallen asleep. So let's deal with what Christians and believers uh, has fallen asleep to. If they have, uh, have to awake to righteousness, apparently that means they've been put to sleep. So look what Matthew 6.33 says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and he will add all these things to you. So now we see we must seek for God first, his righteousness, along with the glory of God, because the kingdom of God is his glory. Let us explain and reveal how his glory is his kingdom. Because a lot of time and oftentimes, like I said earlier in the offset, we are taught a lot of things about the scriptures and we are mentioned a lot of things about the scriptures, but we never time and to what they actually mean. How many times you've been explained what the kingdom of God is? I never really been explained what the kingdom of God is until I started studying and showing my self-approval unto God, a workman that is not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. And Christ revealed himself to me because Christ is now my teacher. And we are all taught by God. So therefore, I had to go to the scriptures. So I want to take you through what was revealed to me through understanding what the kingdom of God is and his righteousness. Because if we can open up the scriptures and get you to comprehend and understand that, you would have clarity on why it's important to receive and believe that Christ's last prayer was that we have eternal life. Huh? In, in in John 12, 45, 49, and 50, it's, we see that he, he was commanded to teach and speak and say. He was commanded to teach eternal life. Hey, glory. So the, the purpose of the Spiritual Cuts Ministry and the purpose of the Promise of Our Father podcast, we actually are following in the similitude of Christ's teaching. And you know, I want you to say this again, as I said in the last episode, there were many disciples who walked off from Christ when he was teaching in John chapter 6 about the bread of life, giving you eternal life. He says that so many of y'all, so many of people who are unlearned and have not so learned Christ had walked off from Christ who he was trying to teach, the one who was trying to teach them so that they could learn. So in John 6, verse 66, therefore, many disciples walked with him and they walked with him no more. The scripture says that they stopped following his teaching because it was too much. He, they said in the, in the, in the verses previous to that, it says that this is hard to handle. This is hard to swallow. So teaching on living forever and not dying in a dying world, in the chaotic world that we are living in, it is difficult to teach a message like this because you're dealing with people who are believing what they see and they're calling it faith. But the faith of God is not what you see. The faith of God is a body that is made without hands that you cannot see, but you believe in it. This body that is made without hands that he made on the sixth day, I want you to realize that this body had flesh and flesh and bones just like you and I. Come on. Huh? So I want to I want to explain. Mm. 
The scriptures about the glory of God, which is the kingdom of God, and the righteousness of God, which is the life of God. So I want to explain. I want to explain this to the people of God. Amen. I want you to remember at the same time. Remember that if you search the scriptures, you may think you have eternal life. See, you might think. You see, if you start thinking you have eternal life, God will bring you into what you're thinking. I want you to know that because God is trying to get us to, to search the scriptures so we can see what the kingdom of God and his righteousness is. Amen. So therefore, let's go to Luke chapter 9 to find out what the kingdom of God is and then find out what the righteousness of God is. Since scriptures teaches us we need to seek these two things first. Amen. In Luke 9, chapter 20, Luke chapter 9, Luke chapter 9, verse 25 through 32, for let us read. For what profit is it for a man or a woman if he or she gains the whole world and he or she is destroyed or lose their soul? In Matthew, in Matthew 7, in Matthew 16, it actually says, what will a man give in exchange of his soul? Come on. For whoever is ashamed of Christ and his words, he says, as I'm teaching, that individual or person or the, uh, the son of man will also be ashamed when he comes in his own glory, hold up, in his own glory and in the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. So he says that whoever denies him when he come in his own glory and in his own glory of the Father, he says that I, uh, 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 I'm going to deny you when I come. Mm. Because a lot of times we deny people because of the lack of knowledge or the ignorance of uh, or the ignorance of the teaching that we've been receiving or the blindness of the gods of this world has alienated us from the life of God because we believe in the life of man than the life of God. Because God says in his word in Deuteronomy, my brothers and sisters, chapter 30, verse 19, he says, I have called witness to heaven and earth, the heaven and earth earth even had no witness what God is about to say. I have set before you life and death, huh? And I have set before you blessings and cursings. But he says, choose life. And he says, he give you the reason why he tell you to choose. He says, because I am your life and length of days. So God is saying, who are you going to believe? The heavens and the earth believe what I believe. So God is teaching us. He says, if you deny my glory when I send my son to teach it to you, he says, I'm going to deny you as the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit when I come back as the promise of our Father that you find in Luke 24, 49. He said, you shall not be in with power because you denied the power of God that he tried to release you on. Amen. Let's go to verse 27 and he says, but I tell you truly, there are some standing here who shall not taste death till they see the kingdom of God. So now we're about to open up the scriptures because he says there are some of those disciples that he's teaching to right now shall not taste death until they see the kingdom of God. 
So let's see what happened. In other words, Christ is teaching them about the conversation he had with them in Matthew 6.33. Six, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And he was referring to that very particular verse or scripture when he said that, when he said that uh, in Luke 28, he says, now it came to pass about the eighth day. Hmm? Now it came to pass about eight days after this saying, he took Peter, John, James, and James, and he went up on the mountain to pray. So he says, there are some of you who shall not, before you taste death, you shall see the kingdom of God. So the revelation of God has to be manifested in order for us to be seeking for something first, to get it from God. If God wants us to have what he wants us to seek first. So now, in Luke, as we continue reading, in Luke chapter 9, verse 28, now it came to pass about the eight, eight days after these sayings, he took Peter, John, and James and went up to the mountain to pray. As Christ prayed, the appearance of his face was altered and his robe became white and glistering. Wow. So not through the prayer of what he promised, he began to transform or be altered. Or transfiguration is what they call it in Matthew's, uh, Matthew 16, chapter 16 and chapter 17 as it goes into the, the Mount Transfiguration. But look what happened. His appearance of his face altered. So apparently he looked it uh, before his face was altered. He looked it like Jesus. Hey, but now something else done took place. So let's find out what what's done took place if something else done taken place. Let's go to the book of Exodus. This happened after Moses, after Moses said, please God, show me your glory. And ask God, Moses asked God the question in Exodus 33, 18. God, please show me your glory. When was the last time you asked God, God, please show me your glory? After Christ has altered his appearance in the body of Jesus in a twinkling of an eye, he is now in another form. Let's continue reading in Luke 29, Luke chapter 9, verse 30. So we see now that he has altered his appearance in the glycerin. He's glycerin now. So when you think about Moses, we're going to talk about it in a little bit. He watched this here. And behold, the two talked with him, who were Moses and Elijah. Huh? You ever ask yourself, why did the body of Moses and the body of Elijah showed up for this, this major event that is about to take place in Christ who has changed the appearance of Jesus into God's presence? And how did these two appear and what was their purpose of them appearing? You need to know that Elijah never tasted death. Hey, glory. He was taken by God in a whirlwind, in a chariot of fire, in 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 11 through 12, 11 and 12. And on the other hand, Moses was 
and eulogized by God in Deuteronomy 34, verse 5 through 6. And no one knows, even up to this day, where Moses' grave is, even up to this day, no one knows that what God is speaking. Mm. But you got to remember, you got to remember in Ezekiel 18.31 and 32, where God said he has no pleasure in the death of the one who dies. You hear what I'm saying? So if he has no pleasure in the death of the one who dies, so if God performed the eulogy of Moses and he has no pleasure in the death of the one who dies, did Moses actually die or did God took Moses or did God take Moses to use him for his glory? Huh? Man, this is powerful and I'm astonished at the teaching of God in Christ because Christ is our teacher and we are all taught by God. Let's find out how did Moses and Elijah appear huh? and what was their purpose of showing up huh? at this event with Christ who is in the body of Jesus that he transformed or transformed into in the twinkling of an eye. Mm. Let's continue reading in Luke, uh, Luke chapter 9, verse 30 through 32. Huh? And verse 30 says, And behold, the two men talked with Christ, who were Moses and Elijah, uh -oh, who, uh, who appeared in glory and spoke of Jesus, uh, spoke of Jesus. He spoke directly to Jesus about his deceit, about his deceased which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. Let me make this clear. When they came for Christ and they had this conversation from out of glory, hey, they spoke with Jesus through the appearance of Christ. So therefore, Christ's appearance, but Jesus is now listening to what Moses and Elijah are saying because Jesus has been brought into a place where he had to shut up and listen to what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to the church because the glory of God would shut you up if you had the mind of God and you have the mind of Christ. He would shut you up because you are now in another form and in another place. So who appealed in glory and spoke to Jesus. See, Christ, the spirit of Christ abides forever, but the spirit of Jesus as the Lamb of God has to die. So they come to speak to Jesus in Christ's body because Christ's body has now taken over Jesus. So they know who they're speaking with, but the disciples still thinking it's Jesus once they awake from where they're at. And we'll see in a minute that they were heavy asleep. So let's continue to reading. But Peter and those who was with him, who was John and James, they were heavy with sleep. And when they were fully awake, they saw his uh oh glory. Hallelujah. They saw his glory and the two men who stood with them, who was Moses, who stood with him, who was Moses and Elijah. Hey, glory, come on. You got to be kidding me. You got to be kidding me. So let's go back up to Luke 9, 27. Christ tells his disciples and while he was teaching them about the kingdom of God that he taught 
them they should seek first in Matthew 6.33. But I tell you truly in Luke chapter 9 verse 27, I tell you truly from out of Matthew 6.33, there are some of you standing here who will not taste death till you see the kingdom of God. Jesus. Now in Luke 9.32 says, but Peter and those who was heavy asleep, huh? And when they when they were fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men, Moses and Elijah, who stood who stood with them. So in Matthew 6.33, when Christ says to his disciples, seek first the kingdom of God, he was telling them to seek the glory of God first. Hey, come on. Now we have to search the scriptures and find out what the kingdom of God is. huh? Now that we have found out what the kingdom of God is, we have to search the scriptures to find out what is the righteousness of God is. That we are seeking simultaneously first with God. Hmm? So let's go back to Matthew 6.33. It says, seek ye first the kingdom of God first and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. What is all these things? See, the all these things ties back into Genesis 1-1 and Genesis 1-26 and 27. The body that God made in his own image on the sixth day and the body that God made in the image of himself and Christ on the sixth day and put that body on the sixth day in Genesis 126, in the image of him and Christ and the body in his own image and he made a male and a female and he created a man and he put that body inside of that body and that body became one body and he rested on that day because he made a body out of his own image that was made without hands. Second Corinthians chapter 5 verse 1 says, if this earthly body dissolves, if this earthly tent dissolves, if this earthly house dissolves, he says there is another one. Oh, there is another building built by God. There is another house built by God in the eternal glory. It says built and made without hands. So now, the thing that God's going to add to us in, in Matthew 6.33 is in Genesis 1.26 and 27 and Genesis 1.1. Cause the body that was made from that came from Genesis 1.1. And as you continue to listen to the episodes, you find out what these two bodies is. So therefore, these two bodies became one, but it became in this, in the own, in God's own image, huh? On the sixth day. Hey, glory. So let's go to Proverbs 12, huh? 12, 28, and find out what is the righteousness of God. So in Proverbs 12, 28, it reads, In the way of righteousness is eternal life, and in its pathway there is no death. And I know that in the, in the way of righteousness is life, and in the pathway there is no death. If there is no death in the way, it has to be the eternal glory of God. So let me read this again according to what God spoke to me to read it. The God of God, according to how God wanted me to speak it to you, in the way of righteousness is eternal life. And in the pathway there is no death. 
So let's look back at Matthew 6.33. He says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. So if the kingdom of God is his glory and the righteousness of God is eternal life, this verse is actually saying in essence uh, that we should seek first the glory of God to have eternal life where in the pathway there is no death. Because God desired to desire to add the man that he created as a male and a female in his own image on the sixth day. This is the eternal body that is made without hands that he is telling you as a Christian, he's telling you as a believer that you have to understand, you have to seek these things first because I have already prepared a body. Yay! for you. Bishops and apostles and pastors and preachers, I have already prepared a body for you. So he says, awake to righteousness. Hey, awake to righteousness. My brother, so in Corinthians 15, 34, it says, awake to righteousness. Because Christians and believers don't know what the righteousness of God is what they're awake, awaking up to. So if you don't know what the righteousness of God you're waking up to, you'd think you're just in right standing with God. God don't need me and you to be in right standing. He used his spirit and he used water to baptize us and put us in right standing. He used his son, Jesus, as a lamb of God to put us in right standing. He need more than the right standard. Even Jesus had to come out the right standard of God to all actually operate in the righteousness of God through Christ. Because Christ showed him and he was teaching him too with the disciples when he says there are some of you who shall not taste death until you see the kingdom of God. Who you think that teaching was for? Who you think Moses and Elijah came for? They came for Jesus, so the teaching of, the, of what he was speaking before you see the kingdom of God was all about, glory, I got to get out of that. It was all about Jesus being taught how to enter into the kingdom. So the body that he wanted to add to us came from out of the teaching what he was teaching Jesus. Because he was teaching Jesus, if you seek first the kingdom, of God and his righteousness, if you seek the life of God, if you seek the eternal life of God, Jesus. He says, I had the body that I made on the sixth day in my own image. I add you to that. Man, this is heavy. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 34 says, Awake to righteousness has to mean that Christians and believers and bishops and pastors and apostles, preachers and teachers has to awake to eternal life. Especially if Proverbs 12, 28 says, in the way of righteousness is eternal life. And I want you to know, my brothers and sisters, is eternal life. And in the pathway, there is no death. Awake, my brothers and sisters, to eternal life. What if the church and the spiritual church leaders and Christians and believers start teaching in the similitude as Christ was commanded to teach in John 20, John chapter 12, John chapter 12, verse 49 through 50? He said, you might be ashamed of me and you might deny the glory of the Father. But he said that I know that what I'm about to say and speak to you 
is of God. Because God is my teacher, because we're all taught by God, and even Christ had to be taught by God if Christ became our teacher. So Christ's teaching came from out of the knowledge of God. So he was saying here, my brothers and sisters, what different it would make, the church, how different the church would be. But the scripture teaches us why, why not that many have been taught about eternal life and living forever and not dying. It is because many, 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 it is because many of the churches has fallen asleep and has not been awakened to the righteousness or the eternal life as Christ prayed for in his last prayer in John 17, 14. And the reason for this is because they have not, they have not the knowledge of God. And I say this to your shame. Man. Let's look at Habakkuk chapter 1. Habakkuk chapter 1. Let's go there and see what God says. He says, look among the nations. Habakkuk chapter 1 verse 5. Look among the nations. He says in Habakkuk chapter 1 verse 5. Look among the United States. He said Habakkuk chapter 1 verse 5. Look among the churches. He says Habakkuk chapter 1 verse 5. He says, look among the congregations all over this world, the teaching, the church of Christ, the teaching of the Presbyterian, the teaching of the Catholics, the teaching of the Baptists, the teaching of all these different denominations. He said, look among the nations and watch and be utterly astounded. For I will work a work in your days which you would not believe, though it were told you. This ties back into Luke, excuse me, this ties back into John chapter 12, verse 49 and 50. He says, I know what I should speak and teach. I know what I should say, what my, what my father commanded me to preach and teach on. He says, I'm going to tell you something. He says, I'm going to work a work in your day. And he says, and if it was told you, you would not believe it. Even the disciples in John 6, chapter 6, John chapter 6, verse 66, even the disciples walked off from Christ's teaching. And Christ did not even bother him about telling them any. He said, if you want to go, I see you and I see you. But he told Peter, Peter said, you want to, he told Peter, you want to go too? He looked at those he chose to be with him. And Peter says, where are we going to go, Father? You have the words of eternal life. Hey, you are the son of the living God. Where are we going to go, Father? My brothers and sisters, I pray that we go into another dimension and another place in God in the unity of faith as we are teaching these messages. My brothers, I know I may not speak with all the eloquence, and I didn't come to you with an eloquent speech, and I mess and tear up, and tear up some words, and my sentence may not even make a whole lot of sense sometimes, but I'm doing this for God. If you don't like the way I speak, you got to get with God. Even Moses had an excuse to speak before he started speaking, before he had an excuse. But I don't have an excuse. I just need to start taking my time like I'm doing right now so that the message of God can get out. Because if you are trying to per, trying to figure out how I'm speaking the message, you have already missed, you already missed the message God is speaking. 
because he's teaching me as we are doing these podcasts. My brothers, don't miss out on these episodes because as we rightly divide the word of truth, we're going to see that, oh, God is working the work in his day in which you would not believe and though if it was told you. Gee, glory, you would not believe it. God is waiting for us to believe what he promised us. Even God testimony, even God told us his promise, he promised us eternal life. Although although God told us he can we can live forever and have everlasting life and not die, the church and Christian believers still don't believe it. Even after God said it and then he promised it. Hosea 4, 6 is my people are destroyed because of lack of knowledge, huh? because of the lack of knowledge and because they are rejecting knowledge. God says, I'm going to reject you. In Habakkuk 1, we find out in Habakkuk 2, we just left Habakkuk 1, 5, where he says, I'm going to work a work in you. And even if it was told you, you wouldn't believe it. So now we go to Habakkuk chapter 2, we flip a chapter over and we find out, he says, write the vision and make it plain. So the vision of God is plain because he sent his son to teach it in the and even, and even Christ says a babe can understand this teaching I, all that a babe has to do is believe in what, he, what God is saying Huh? So in Habakkuk 2, verse 1 says, look, he says, write the vision and make it plain. And then he goes on to ask, he explained a few things, and he says, uh, and the just shall live by faith. Then he goes on and explained a few things, and he got to Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 14. He says, for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God as the water covers the sea. But in 1 Corinthians 15, 34, it says, Christian and believers has no vision for the righteousness and the vision huh, has no vision for righteousness and no vision for the eternal life because of the lack of knowledge of God. And I say this to your shame. Hmm? Let's go to 1 John chapter 5, verse 13. 1 John chapter 5, verse 13. These things that I have written to you, who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know and have the knowledge of God and the and the, His Son Christ, that you that you let me read that over again, because I don't want to mess it up. I told you I got to take my time. First John chapter 5, verse 13. I don't mind going back. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know and have the knowledge of God and have the knowledge of his Son Christ that you may have eternal life and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God who is Christ. Hey, glory. I found out the main reason Christians and believers don't believe in eternal life is because they have not come into the knowledge and the understanding in the difference in Jesus, Mary and Joseph's son, huh, and Christ, the Son of God. So when they come to this place, I want you to understand that God is teaching us that He is telling us about the knowledge of His glory that you may know. Christ says in the prayer in John 17, He says, and this is eternal life that you may know. 
the only true God. We go to 1 John chapter 5, verse 20. He says that you may know the only true God and eternal life. So God is saying that you, that you may know. My brothers, I left from thinking in John 5, 30, 39 and 40, thinking that I have eternal life until I searched the scriptures, until I began to testify of Christ that I may know in glory. That I have eternal life. My brothers and sisters, this is heavy to me because I want us to understand we're, we're finna go into a place right now where it's gonna take us even deeper. Do you wanna go deeper? Let's go deeper. I wanna go deeper, Pastor Dean. I wanna take you deeper. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 20. But it says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 20. Because most people don't believe in the eternal, the eternal glory of God and the eternal life that God has given us through his eternal son and the promise of our father. You hear what I'm saying? Most people don't believe in the promise of our father. Because of, in Ephesians 4.20 says, because you have not so learned Christ. This is heavy because this very verse to most Christians and believers can be insulting and offensive. But the truth of the matter, it should set you free, regardless, regardless if it is insulting and offensive. And the only reason it is offensive and it's insulting is that it is true. And you would believe, you wouldn't believe how many Christians believers, and for that matter, spiritual church leaders, you wouldn't believe. Bishops, you wouldn't believe apostles, you wouldn't believe pastors and prophets, you wouldn't believe preachers and teachers have not so learned Christ. Man, I told you this is going to be offensive. Now, I want to say this, and I always got to put myself out there as well. It was a time when in my ministry as a pastor and a preacher and a teacher and a minister, I didn't learn Christ. I knew of Jesus Christ. I knew of the scriptures. I knew about, and I had this great zeal for God. I used to run around the church when I was coming up. In 2020, in 2003, 4, 5, down there in Augusta, Georgia, in Beulah Grove, ask them. They'll tell you. Pastor go to preaching that word. Pastor Big, Pastor, uh, Pastor Davis go to preaching that word. I go to running around that church. Them people thought I had lost my mind, but I didn't know I was running around just having a zeal for God. Hey, you can have a zeal for God and think you have the knowledge of God, and the knowledge of God is so far from the zeal. Like I said before, you can have the zeal of God and not have the knowledge, but you can have the knowledge of God. Huh? And attach the zeal to it. Mm. But you can't do both, brothers and sisters. And I want you to know that you wouldn't believe how many pastors, preachers, bishops, and apostles. And I'm not, and I'm, not, I'm, I'm, I'm including myself. It was at one time. My brothers, until I came and I, and, I, and I put away the elementary teaching, until I came and started believing what God and His Son Christ was teaching me, I was doing the same thing. So I'm not pointing no fingers. I'm not throwing rocks and hiding hands. I'm telling you what I was, and I'm telling you how I was and what I was doing before I came into the knowledge. Hmm? 
So if the truth be told, the majority of the above group I just named has a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. Now let me make this clear from the offset. I am saying these things to not to start a, comp- a competition with any spiritual church leader, bishop, pastor, prophet, nor anyone who teaches the word of God. Here at the Promise of Our Father podcast ministry, we teach in the similitude in how Christ was commanded to teach in John chapter 12, verse 49 and 15. And we know that he was commanded to teach everlasting life. And as a spiritual church leader, my question to you, are you teaching your congregation that promise of the promise God promised us eternal life? That God testimonies that he has given us eternal life through his eternal son, Christ Jesus? Who is the son of God? Or are you teaching your congregation that we all have to die and have all have to die to have eternal life and tomorrow is not promised? If you are not teaching God's people that they can live forever and not die, and Christ is the living bread that came down from heaven, and if anyone eats of this bread, he or she will live forever, and the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I shall give for the life of the world. If you are not teaching these type of messages, my brother, what are you truly teaching? In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, out of the same chapter we are in, in Ephesians chapter 4, 20, where he says you have not so learned Christ. If you go a few verses back and he says, and he go to teaching, he says, let me explain something to you, my brothers and my sisters. He says that, look here, in Ephesians 4, chapter 11, he says that he that ascended, that ascended, that ascended, he also descended. So when he descended, he also did the sin. He gave some apostles, pastors, preachers, and he gave some evangelists, huh? And so therefore, he says that for the work of the ministry and for the edification of the body, of Christ to become a perfect man to become a perfect woman in the stature and the similitude of the perfection of God through the stature of Christ so therefore my brothers and sisters if you ain't teaching on the bread of life and you ain't teaching on the edification of the body the enemy is eating your flesh for dinner because remember in Genesis chapter 3, he says, In dust you shall return. In dust you should, the dust you come from is, is the dust you shall return. And he told Adam that, but he told the enemy, You shall lay on your belly all the days of your life and eat from the dust that you come from. So if you're just teaching on all these great things about God and you're not teaching on a person how to maintain the body that is made without a hand in the body that is made from the dust, you are just teaching in the perspective of thinking that you're teaching from what God called you to teach from. So the teaching that I teach from and the teaching we teach you at Spiritual Cuts Ministry, at the podcast, at the Promise of Our Father podcast, we teach on the promises of our Father that He has given us eternal life. The testimony of God is that He has given us eternal life. And then the scriptures even teach us, let no one cheat you from out of your reward. My brother, this is heaven. So let's go to John chapter 6, verse 48, and see what it says. Let's go there. 
And my brothers, you're going to hear repetitions of scriptures because this is how I learn and maintain and know that I have eternal life. Because I was built in the scriptures that I had learned and maintained before I used to, before I was taught we all had to die and tomorrow ain't promised. You have to regurgitate that from out of your spirit because as long as you speak that into your spirit, your body deteriorates daily. And the inner man cannot grow because the inner man is controlled by the outer man. Because God says uh, the inner man is being renewed day by day, but the outer man is perishing. Let's go to John chapter 6, verse 48. And it reads, I am the bread of life. Let's go to John chapter 6, verse 45. He says, I am the bread of life. Hey, glory. Y'all see that? I am the bread of life in 648. But in John 645, he says that, you know what I mean? It is written in the prophets huh? that we all taught by God. We all taught and learned by the Father in whom he sent. So we all are taught and learned by God. Even Christ had to be taught by God after he sent him to teach us. After that, he sent him to teach us. So we all have to be taught by God. And he says that he that believes in John 6, 47, he says, and he that believes in the Son of God shall have everlasting life. Do you believe thou this? And then he says, I am the bread of life. That's what I was trying to get to. All these everlasting life have eternal life. That has to mean something. My brothers and sisters, I am the bread of life. He says, your fathers and them ate manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which come down from heaven, and if anyone may eat of it and not die. I am the bread that come down from heaven. He says, not like the manna. So the bread of God in John 6, 33 is the bread that God was trying to feed them because they was bragging about while fathers fed us manna in the wilderness. Huh? And God and Christ told him in his teaching, he says, no, Moses did not. Your Moses, your father did not give you this, that bread. My father from heaven, my father from heaven, the bread of God is what fed you out there in the wilderness. So stop trying to brag on your pastor. Stop trying to brag on your preacher. Stop trying to brag on your bishop. Stop trying to brag on your pastor. Stop trying to brag on your church. God gives the bread of heaven. Start bragging on the bread of God. God says stop bragging on something you don't know what it is. Hmm? Because manna means what is it? And they was eating something because they frustrated God. God started giving them something that they couldn't even comprehend. When you reject the knowledge of God, when you reject the body of God, when you reject the flesh of God, when you reject the bread of God, you reject the life of Christ. Get glory. So this bread comes down in John 15. This is the bread which comes down from heaven. If anyone may eat of it, they will not die. So come on, man. And let's drop down a little bit due to time. John 6, 58 says, Are you teaching your congregation this message that Christ taught? 
This is the bread which came down in John 6, 58. This is the bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers them ate the manna and are dead. He's comparing living forever to death. Huh? And they ate the manna, which are dead, which means what is it? The church is still eating manna because they are rejecting the knowledge of God. Christ says, but he or she who eats the living bread that comes down from heaven, who is Christ. The scripture says, he or she shall live forever and not die. Do you believe thou this? Remember Christ as Martha asked Martha in John eleven twenty six, he says, "Though your brother may be dead, yet he shall live. But he or she who is alive and liveth, and believe in me as Christ, shall never die. Do you believe thou this? Hey, glory! God is asking a question, my brothers and sisters." Do you can do you believe you can live forever and not die in this body? Remember, Christ said to Martha, "Do you believe thou this?" This is heavy to me, man. Because if you are not teaching this, and your congregation don't believe this question that Christ asked Martha in John eleven twenty six, just maybe, as the Scripture states in in Ephesians four twenty, you have not so learned, Christ. Man, I told you this message is kind of offensive, but I'm not teaching it to be offensive. I'm teaching it to open up the minds that God has spoke, that Christ had came to teach after he came through the doors that were shut in Luke chapter 49. In Luke chapter 24, he was teaching in 39 through 49. He was teaching them that he came through the door that was shut. He ate honeycomb. He says, I'm teaching you this because this is the scriptures that the law of Moses and the law of the prophets and the law, that the law of God from out of the Psalms. And everything I said, I used the law from the law of Moses, the law of the prophets, because Moses wrote the first five books, the Pentateuch. So therefore, whatever was being taught in Genesis to Deuteronomy, it was Moses speaking and teaching. So therefore, my brothers, God revealed to Moses on the Mount of Sennara, the Mount of his glory, when he was coming up there for 40 days and 40 nights. See, Moses was taught directly by God in Christ because he was there with them for a period of time. His, the teaching of God was so heavy on Moses. Moses said, Lord, show me your glory. And God took him to the Mount for 40 days. See, your glory of God doesn't come in one day. The glory of God is, comes over a period of time. It takes Moses 40 days. It took Jesus 40 days when Christ baptized him and took him and put him in a place where he led him in the spirit into the wilderness and the enemy tested Jesus to make him become who he was as the Christ because Christ had to teach Jesus how to become and operate in the body of Christ just like God is doing the teaching now. He's teaching you and he's teaching me how to operate in the body that was made from the dust of the ground huh? now that he poured out his spirit upon our flesh. He's teaching you and he's teaching me how to operate from out of the body that is made without hands in his own image after the image that he made out of Christ after the image he made out of himself and he poured it in the image of his own as a male and a female on the sixth day and God rested 
This is the body that God is trying to get me and you to be in as the bread of life. Come on. My brothers and sisters, this is heavy to me. Because now we got to go back to Ephesians chapter 4 and finish up chapter verse 20. You have not so learned Christ. And Ephesians chapter 4 verse 21 says, If indeed you have heard of Christ and have been taught by Christ. Look what the scripture is teaching us. Oh, oh, here go again. You remember in Matthew 30, 23. Because here we go again. It says in 21, if indeed you have heard of Christ and have been taught by Christ. So we have to be taught by Christ. In Matthew 23, verse 8, it says, there is only one teacher who is Christ. And indeed you have heard of Christ, who is your only teacher. And have you have been taught by Christ, who is your only teacher, as the truth is in Jesus. This is John. This is Ephesians chapter 4, verse 21. As the truth is in Jesus. So Jesus had to learn the truth from Christ because Jesus had to be taught by Christ the truth. Wait a minute. Am I reading this right? Am I reading this right? And I know I am. This verse is implying that the only way Jesus came into the knowledge of God is only through the teaching of Christ. See, most Christians and believers didn't know that even Jesus had to be taught by Christ. How we know that? Remember in John 8, 28, we learned that Christ was taught by God and no. And now, so that one can get to, and, and we know that to, for one to get to God or his teaching, they have to go through Christ to get it. So no one can come through God except through Christ. So Christ had to teach Jesus in order for Jesus to get to God. That's in, that's in John chapter 8, verse 20. Then Christ said to them, when you lift up the Son of Man, talking about Jesus, because Jesus is the Son of Man, and Christ is the Son of God. See, Jesus is the Son of Man because he came from a woman. But Christ is the Son of God because he proceeded forth from out of God as the bread of life that he baptized Jesus in as the Son of Man or the Lamb of God or the Holy Spirit that Mary was conceived in that became a man and she named him Emmanuel and she named him Jesus. So this is the Son of Man. So then Christ said to them, when you lift up the Son of Man, talking about Jesus, who Christ is going to be in the body, then you will know I am He. So when He said, I am He, He's talking about the Christ who's going to escape from out of the body of Jesus. When Jesus said, my Father, my Father, why have you forsaken me? It was actually Christ leaving the body to go prepare a place. So if Christ went to prepare a place for the body, we may get into that. I don't know if I got into that before, but we, he went to prepare a place for the body that Joseph and Emma, Joseph of Amethyl and, and, and Nicodemus prepared, which was the body of Jesus as the lamb. So he had to go prepare a place. So I speak this into your hearing so that you'll understand that Christ was not the son of man. Christ was the son of God. But Jesus in Christ's body was the son of man. 
Then you will know that I am he and that I do nothing of myself, but as my father taught me. So Christ taught Jesus what God taught him. He says, I speak these things. So here in Ephesians 4.21, we recognize that Jesus had to be, Christ has to be taught by Christ so we wouldn't be in, in that so he wouldn't be included in the previous verse. So Christ had to be included in that, excuse me, in that previous verse in order for Jesus to be taught. So Jesus had to be included in that verse because he wouldn't be included in the previous verse, which is a, you have not so learned Christ. That's what I was trying to say. I told you I messed my words up sometimes, but just follow along, my brothers and sisters. See, Christ had to say that, and Jesus had to say the truth is in Christ because the fact of the matter, the truth came in Jesus through Christ's teaching. So even Jesus had to be taught so he won't be included in the previous verse, which was the verse that says you have not so learned Christ. Even Jesus had to learn, my brothers and sisters, who Christ was. Man. This is where it gets interesting, that you put off in Ephesians 4, that you put off concerning your former conduct, that you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man, and the old man, and the old woman, which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust. This is very important. Because this, t- this ties us back to the fall in Genesis 3, 1 through 21. Genesis chapter 3, verse 1 through 21 teaches us about the fall. You remember in Genesis chapter 3, verse 6, you remember when the woman saw that the, the tree was good for food, that was pleasing to the eyes, and the tree desired to make one wise. So the man and the woman uh, conduct, uh, conduct and disobey. Disobedience, the man and the woman conduct and disobedience to the promise of God and the testimony of God caused them to be in a decaying or a dying stage. So we have to put off the old man and the old woman. And if this never, if this never occur, our body or our mind where we serve the law of God at, who is the one who delivers us from this body of death? This indicates we have not so learned Christ. If this never take place, let me break this down, my brothers, and I'm going to put this in closing because I want to say these few things that I'm about to say and I'm going to close it and I'm going to do another episode so we can continue on from this episode where we talk about Christ was commanded to teach eternal life. Let's go back when we said that to put off the old man and to put off the old woman. Let me tell you something, even the earth that God created in his image and after his likeness, even the earth that God created in Genesis 1-1, when it was contaminated in Genesis 1-2, even the earth had to take off the old man. Because in Genesis 1, God created the heavens and the earth. In Genesis 2, the earth is without form, void, and darkness on the face of the deep. In the Spirit of Him and the Spirit of God hovered over huh, the face of the waters. So watch this here. If the Spirit of God hovers over the face of the waters, the earth even had to be baptized from out of darkness. 
Because we got water and we got the spirit. Now we go to John chapter 3 verse 6. And Christ was teaching, unless you want to see the kingdom of God, heaven and earth, unless you want to see the kingdom of God, Pastor D, unless you want to see the kingdom of God, you have to be born of the water and the spirit. So the earth, even in the beginning, was born by the water and the spirit. God was in the spirit. Spirit of him, and God was in the water, and the earth was being baptized by the water and the Spirit of God to be born again, because in Genesis 2-7, the man could not have been formed from out of the dust of the ground if the earth had not gone through the birthing process again. Even the earth had to be reborn again. Even the earth had to put on the new man. Hey, glory. Take off the old man because God said, let there be light. And the spirit of God changed that which was in darkness. God is as heavy, brothers and sisters. I want you to know that God is teaching us something here, my brothers and sisters. I'm going to close on this part here because I don't want to go too far into where I want to really be. In Romans chapter 7, he says, put off the old man. This indicates we are, so we are not so long. Because if you don't put off the old man, if you operate from out of the flesh, it's a picture you haven't so learned Christ. But I want to go to Romans chapter 7 and read these two versions and get out of it. And we're going to come back and finish part 2 or 3 or 4, wherever we are. So, old rich man, Romans chapter 7, old rich man, or old rich woman that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Old rich man that I am, old rich earth that I am, in darkness and emptiness, and darkness is on the face of the deep. I'm involved. Who's going to deliver me from this body of death? God says, I'm hovering over the spirit. Hey, glory. I'm hovering over the waters as the spirit of God, and I'm going to baptize you, and I'm going to deliver you. So, the earth had to get the mind of God in Christ in order to be reinstated in the body of God that he created in his image and after his likeness. Even the earth had to make a change hey, and believe in the word of God to live forever again. In Ecclesiastic, I'm going to get to that again. In Ecclesiastic, he says in Ecclesiastic, in chapter 1, verse 5, or 1, verse 4, he says, you know what I mean? And one generation come and another generation passes, but the heavens and the earth shall abide forever. So the earth shall abide forever because the earth believes in the eternal spirit of Christ in God. Hey, glory. It believes in the testimony of God. It believes in the teaching of God. Whatever I speak and whatever I say, that whatever I can, the earth had to be delivered from this body of death we see in Romans chapter 7. Oh, wretch, earth that I am. Oh, wretch, earth that I become. Because of Lucifer and a third of the angels came upon me. Hey, oh, earth, who can deliver me from this body of death? Even the earth cried out. He said, I'm not, I'm not going to let no water cry out for me. He said, I'm going to cry out. Even the life cried out. He says, oh, wretched man, a woman that I am, who can deliver me from this, from death, from this body of death? I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So then with the mind, I serve the law of God. But with the flesh, I serve the law. Huh? I serve the law of sin. Jesus.
so we understand why we understand, so we understand why we put off the old man and the old woman. Because the old man and the old woman is tied to death. You got to take off the body of death. And the only way you can take off the body of death is through the teaching of Christ. And the only way you can get to the teaching of Christ is, through, is leave the elementary doctrine of the teaching of man. This is a heavy message, my brothers and sisters, and I'm not going to hold you too long because I want to do a part two, and I want to extend too much because I want to keep these messages within 45 minutes to an hour so that we can get some, some, some meat and potatoes from out of this message instead of just running on. Because as God used me in the spirit, I want to teach this thing in such a way where you can go back. Who can deliver me from this body of death? I'll probably pick up from right there because now I'm going to talk about who can deliver us from this body of death. I after the spirit of God has commanded him to teach eternal life. My brothers and sisters, says Pastor D. Walsh, hey, who can deliver us? See, because you serve God in a place in your mind. I'm all, all I'm almost about to close, but the Spirit of me, who can deliver us from this body? We serve the law of God in our minds. Hey, glory. Hey, the law of God ties into Genesis 1, 26, 27, where I started out in the podcast where God created male and female in his own image on the sixth day. Hey, that's where the law of God abides at. This is Pastor D. Washington coming to you live from out of Atlanta, Georgia, from out of the Promise of Our Father podcast. May God bless you and your family forever and stay tuned for the next episode. Amen. Amen.